0: Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the inside, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big BJ Raji for the touchdown
1: for joining us for another episode of Packs what she said. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein and as promised, we are going to keep mixing up the intros until I run out of things to say. <laughs> so, on deck today, we have for you the Packers versus Eagles preview, and you might not think it, but there is actually plenty to talk about in this Eagles matchup. So, I guess Perry, let's just dive right in. This is a not-good Eagles team coming to Lambeau Field, 325 Lambeau time kickoff. What are some of your impressions on this Eagles offense? Well, they're not very good.
0: (laughs) Um, No, really, Like I think the Carson Wentz that we saw at the beginning of his career is not the Carson Wentz that is is playing for us this season. Um, The Eagles offense that Doug Peterson so... Beautifully employed to win a Super Bowl against a Bill Belichick defense is not running in the same way that it once did either. And even the team that came to beat us last year at Lambeau um is just not there. I think from the few games that I've watched, especially the one against the Seahawks, it's just um there's no fire, there's no heat, there's no creativity um it's it's just a little like depleted um of energy that that's my impression of them um and it, it, as an eagles fan it, it must be quite frustrating to watch because it's not for lack of talent um but it's just something's not clicking
1: yeah and we talked about this a little bit on pack a day where This is an Eagles team that we, I think most people thought was going to be a contender going into the season. And I think at least I personally thought that this division was going to come down to the Eagles and the Cowboys because I thought the Cowboys had a really solid roster as well. And now, you know, the Cowboys are without Dak Prescott and some other key players. The Eagles are playing musical chairs with their offensive line, even worse than the Packers have. And the NFC East remains absolutely wide open through 12 weeks heading into week 13. So as weird as it sounds that there is a three, seven and one football team kind of rolling into Lambeau field, still in contention for a playoff spot, you know, there, there is still something for them to play for when there might not be in other seasons with that same record. So who then, who then are you looking for uh, with this Packers offense? Who's your player to watch? Um,
0: Yeah. So some interesting like thoughts on this, um, Eagles defense, which is that they're, they're allowing about 128.2 yards on the ground per game. Uh, and we saw like a really nice day against the bears, um, from our one, two punch and Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. And I, I would love to see that sort of replicated, uh, maybe give Aaron Jones a few more carries than he had against the bears, but we were really able to run the ball quite well against, uh, fairly stout honestly defensive front from the Bears and so I see no reason why that can't be an even greater against an Eagles defense that's not doing great against the run this year and especially as we learned today that Fletcher Cox is not practicing so definitely going to look to Aaron Jones to run the ball well keep us having sort of those long sustained drives keep Aaron Rodgers and the offense on the field um you know win the time of possession and obviously give our defense as much rest as possible. So definitely looking at Aaron Jones this Sunday on offense.
1: Yeah. Our players go hand in hand. Mine is actually John Runyon jr. Uh, Corey Lindsley is not practicing. Um, I don't think he'll be available to play. They made it seem like his MCL injury would keep him out three to six weeks. So I think that means Alton Jenkins is going to get the start at center. Um, I don't know what Lucas Patrick's status is, if he'll be able to play, um, but whether he slides in or stays at right guard, and then we see Billy Turner at right tackle, or if Billy Turner plays right guard and Rick Wagner plays right tackle, I think we're going to see John Runyon Jr. get his first career start at left guard, which is kind of fun that he'd be doing it against the team that his dad played for for so long. Um, I love those cyclical things. I know. And, uh, you know, like you said, Fletcher Cox has not participated in practice yet this week, but that is a really out front seven for the Eagles. Jim Schwartz can really dial up a blitz and bring pressure. Um, It's something we're all too familiar with as Packers fans, given his tenure uh, with the Lions. He's been a really good defensive coordinator for a long time. So John Rennie Jr. is going to have his hands full. You know, if it's not Fletcher Cox, they still have Derek Barnett and plenty of other players that can create some havoc. Josh Sweat on that defensive line. So he's going to be my player and I think he'll hold his own, but I'm still excited to see what he can do in his first start.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we did see that front kind of keep the Eagles in against the Seahawks. Obviously, ultimately the Seahawks e- offense prevailed, but they definitely brought the pressure on Russell Wilson and, and brought him down a handful of times, Derek Barnett, uh, specifically.
1: So, yeah. yeah. So then who do you have for that Eagles offense? That is, you mentioned earlier is not very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, more that they're
0: not running as expected, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's been rumblings, obviously, like I mentioned that Carson Wentz isn't playing the way that he used to and is definitely, I think, not meeting expectations of a franchise quarterback. Um, and so there's, like I mentioned, been rumblings of Jalen Hurts replacing him. Uh, I don't know how founded those are. I, I can't see Doug Peterson doing something like that midseason, but they are 3-7-1 and and do have something to play for, like you said. So... Desperate times call for desperate measures, I guess. Like, so I guess my, my player to look for is like, who is going to be starting at quarterback for the Eagles against us? Uh, Because it was pretty abysmal this past Sunday, right? They, they went three and out in their first five possessions against Seattle for negative one yard. Um, They only had 74 yards in the first half against the Seattle defense that honestly isn't very good. Uh, It's not like it was the Steelers or the Colts that did this to the Eagles. It's, it's not a top 10 Seattle defense. So, uh, and, and, you know, this, I think probably leads to who we're going to talk about for the Packers on defense, but Carson Wentz has been sacked 46 times. Uh, This, the Seahawks got to him six times on Sunday. So, they also picked him off once. So it, it's it's just a matter of like who's going to be quarterbacking because if we're going to get Carson Wentz from Sunday, I think we're going to have a pretty easy time stopping this offense. If you get Jalen Hurts, that's obviously a bigger question mark and I think a little bit harder to game plan for. Uh, but but having a questionable quarterback position is is not what you want going into week 13.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And I we've seen kind of some of those weird one-off plays with Doug Peterson where he sends Jalen Hurts in for like a snap and he comes out and it's just not sustainable or helpful for either of your quarterbacks. It's not like the Philip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett thing where you understand the dynamic. So I think it's, it's just problematic for that entire quarterback room to try to figure out what's going on there. Um, yeah. I, it's
0: leaning, it's leaning very like Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky to me at yeah. this point where like when you have
1: two, if you have two quarterbacks, you essentially have no quarterbacks. Yeah, Exactly um my player then and i think he's he could have a big game potentially is miles sanders And it's for a lot of the reasons that you listed with Carson Wentz and you know, Carson Wentz, he's behind a really banged up offensive line. I think they've started the most combinations in the NFL, which is hard to believe if you watch the Packers and see who they trot out, you know, at each position each week, but it's nice because the Packers are obviously holding their own and they have a lot of depth there that the Eagles just don't have. They have a lot of players kind of not playing in their, their favored position. So the offensive line obviously is really banged up. Um, So, and Carson Wentz is not having any time to kind of sit in the pocket and look for his options and Grant's yeah. and his wide receivers have been pretty banged up, but it feels like if, if the Eagles are going to stay in this game on Sunday, it's going to be kind of on the backs of miles Sanders and Boston Scott and, probably more so Miles Sanders when he's healthy. He's been playing really well. Mm-hmm. And the, the, I think the thing that makes them so dynamic is that they're both threats in the passing game as well, which obviously I'm sure we'll talk about it with a key matchup X factor kind of thing. But this Packers defense notoriously gives up some yardage in the middle of the field and, you know, Montrevious Adams is kind of the the run stuffer for this defense. So right. we saw we saw David Montgomery break 57 yarder against this Packers defense on Sunday night football. So yeah, it just feels like it feels like the running game is going to be vital for this Eagles offense.
0: Yeah. And like Doug Peterson is obviously one of those vet coaches, kind of like Frank Reich, where you just know that he's going to come in, he's going to have watched the tape and he's going to at least try to employ a scheme in which sort of pokes holes into the the this Packers defense and running the football up the gut is definitely one of those ways. And I think we've also seen Miles Sanders sort of gash this defense before. So
1: not crazy. Yes. <laughs> all right. so then let's flip it. And who would be your Packers player that you're keeping the biggest eye on on defense? So I feel like we have the
0: same one. So we can just have a little dialogue about <laughs> about him because we've been talking about Zadarius Smith all week, really, and just how, While he had just an unprecedented, an unprecedentedly dominant season last year, that obviously is not going to be replicated this year. That by no means means that he's having a bad season. He's actually having a great season. Um, And as we mentioned, they have a pretty banged up offensive line. Carson Wentz has been sacked a ton of times and I fully expect, as I'm sure you do as well, for Z to really eat, um, and I think this is a really good matchup for him because he is has become sort of that roaming outside linebacker where he can pick the matchups in which he thinks he's going to win based off of the pressures that that Mike Pettin's dialing up. And given a shuffling of an offensive line like the Eagles have done, I think he's going to be able to find a bunch of holes that he can can get through. Um, so Z has nine sacks on the year, and I fully expect that to go up after this Sunday.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely the front seven. And, you know, we had kind of talked about what is the reasoning for Z maybe not getting as much notoriety. And it does really feel like he's having such a quiet season. And, you know, last season I think it was due to his pressure numbers. But he's still – he's got nine sacks, and the sack leader right now has ten. There's Aaron Donald, uh, TJ Watt just kind of snuck up there, and Miles Garrett is returning from injury, so he's in the mix as well. But it's not like we're – no disrespect to Preston Smith, but it's not like Zadarius is having a two-sack season and we're kind of wondering what's going yeah. on with him. So, But I, we did talk about this a little bit earlier in the week, and I think that there is a large part of Z's numbers that he doesn't have the compliments that he did last season. And, you know, I think with Kenny Clark being fully healthy, we'll see more of that. Preston has really come on. Rashawn looks really good. So I think kind of that core four is going to be key for this Packers defense on Sunday. Yeah, I, Carson Wentz is averaging over like four sacks a game so oh my gosh it's it's bad and he also he's second in the league in fumbles with 10 so he does not protect the football and so Z has an, three yeah. forced fumbles yeah. yeah so that's another thing I think like
0: yes he was creating like an immense amount of pressure last year which is what you want um and he's still creating pressure but he's doing more than that this year which is exactly what you said he has three forced fumbles um one of which was recovered last week for a touchdown by Preston. He's got a bunch of tackles for a loss. He's still getting QB hits, but he I think he's he's contributing in, in a different way than he did last season. And I think the way in which he's contributing is a good matchup against a quarterback like Carson Wentz.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think that that's what's so difficult too is you didn't draft or you didn't sign Sidarius and Preston to ever really set your edge or to be your run stuffers. You drafted them. you signed them to set your edge we wish we drafted them (laughs) we we do but that's I think part of the problem is when Kenny was hurt they were being asked to do so much that they weren't being put in very good positions to get after the quarterback and create that pressure so if they did set an edge then there was a running lane right up the middle without a big body in there to stuff the run so I think that now that this defense is getting healthy and we're seeing Mike Petton dial up less three-man rushes um it's been more beneficial to this defense. And I think that especially that front seven, the arrow is pointing up heading into December. And of course we know that Kenny Clark is Mr. December himself when it comes to his sacks and pressures. So the Eagles, you know, to kick off December football at Lambeau field is a pretty good matchup for that, uh, that Packers uh, defense. So then who would be your Eagles defender to watch? Because there are some pretty good ones. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to go with my bread and butter, which is i um, looking at the secondary okay. and uh, we have a familiar face on this Eagle secondary in Darius Slay. And I have a lot of respect for Slay. Obviously we played against him for many years in Detroit um, and he has lined up against Devonte Adams. Every time um, definitely is being employed differently this season. You know, the Lions just do man and they don't really disguise what they're doing. And the Eagles are a little bit different, but you fully expect him to pretty much cover Devonte Adams the entire game. And Devonte Adams has torched him before uh, this. This is not a new new foe. So, uh, you know, he mainly followed DK Metcalf on Sunday, who went off on a career day against him (laughs) um, for for 10 catches and 177 yards. So I think you're probably looking at a Darius Slay who's really, really angry and wants to get back in there and kind of set himself back up in the top cornerbacks in the league kind of conversation that he's usually in. But again, Rogers and Devante are familiar with him, um, familiar with his skills and weaknesses and kind of, I think, expect them to exploit that a little bit i mean we've seen all cornerbacks try to cover Devonte adams this season and have failed pretty miserably for the most part so um he's he's who i'm looking at especially because on the opposite end of him is avante maddox who by all accounts has a pretty like just neutral non-existent Kind of season. If you look at his stats, they're just a bunch of zeros. <laughs> um, no disrespect. It's just what I'm looking at in the numbers. So if if Slay happens to be covering Devontae, well, we have a plethora of other pass catchers who Rodgers can go find. Uh, I, I don't think Avante Maddox has the speed to cover MVS, particularly EQ's been getting in the mix and our tight ends. So uh, it, it should be a decent matchup for our wideouts versus their secondary.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you, and I'm I'm keeping it broad again because I guess that's just my brand. I'm going to go to my bread and butter now, which is the uh, the edge position, but it's got to be Brandon Graham. And despite being 32 years old, he's having one of his best seasons. He's already got seven sacks, and if Fletcher Cox can't play, to me, that feels as significant as Akeem Hicks not playing last week. He's their big body run stuffer. He can also generate a ton of pressure. Um, He's just so versatile for that front seven. So if he is not able to go, then you're really going to need guys like Derek Barnett and Brandon Graham to kind of step up. And unfortunately, you know, as defensive ends, they're going up against David Bakhtiari and either Billy Turner or Rick Wagner. They're not going to have as much opportunity on the interior of the line. So I do think that that's going to be key for that uh, that Eagles defense. Like you said, their secondary um, has some players, but we have seen them get picked apart uh, by specific quarterbacks like Russell Wilson. And we know Aaron Rodgers is on a tear, another uh, MVP caliber season from the now 37-year-old who should hopefully hit 400 touchdowns on Sunday without throwing 100 interceptions the first quarterback to do that which would be fun but (laughs) it feels like every week he's breaking a new record or setting a new personal milestone um but yeah so to me again it's it's that front seven and Fletcher Cox I think is going to really swing this one way or the other I think that he was going to be the piece that kept the Bears close or Akeem it's kind of like Akeem Hicks and Fletcher Cox will be the piece that keeps the Eagles close yeah, I
0: com- I think that comparison is is pretty spot on. And, you know, if there's a Fletcher Cox
1: size hole for our <laughs> running game on Sunday, that bodes well for the Packers offense. Yeah. So then who, I guess, would be your X factor? I kind of I kind of have a thought where you're going here, but I could also be very wrong. For the Packers, I
0: it's, it's hard not to bring them up because it's just so intriguing, but I'm like curious if Tavon Austin is going to play. Uh, I don't know if, if he has to clear any extra days, but he's been practicing, uh, with the team and, you know, likely he'll just start as a punt or kick return specialist, uh, before he gets sort of worked into the offense. But from his press conference, he seems very comfortable with Matt LaFleur and Matt LaFleur scheme, since they played together in 2017 with the Rams. Um, but even if he is just in there as a as our as a special teams guy, I, I think he brings a really interesting di- dynamic uh, skill set to that. That I mean, we're let's let's be real here. The, the Packers are pretty abysmal on special teams. <laughs> a good day means we didn't do anything wrong, and it was average. And especially without Tyler Irvin, it's you hope for just a few touchbacks. So I uh, I hope that you know we brought Tavon Austin in to to do something there. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he plays on Sunday as a literal X factor because we don't know what he could bring.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we're in agreement there. And I, we talked about this on Happy Hour earlier in the week, but uh, Tyler Urban is limited. So whether or not he's able to play, I could see them giving him a couple extra weeks of rest now that they do have Tavon Austin. Um, but I am curious, like you said, he's got a familiarity with Matt LaFleur from his time with the Rams. Um, he's got experience with Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, kind of that similar offensive structure. So as much as, you know, I'm excited to see what he can do on special teams, I do think that there are going to be a couple packages uh, where we can see Tavon Austin in motion on a jet sweep. And if if we can have Tavon Austin and Tyler Irvin in the backfield at the same time, just just sign me up. Because that just sounds like so much fun for Matt LaFleur. Cool. And I think it's just going to be another another piece. And I don't know if you were able to listen to his interview, but he was one of my uh, favorite interviews of the week. He ha- he has a really fun personality and they had asked him if he can still run a four, two. And he said, well, if it's not a four, two, it's a four, three. Like he is very <laughs> confident that he is still very fast and still has a ton of playmaking ability. He called himself a weapon and an athlete. So I think that's something that this Packers special teams has been uh, definitely missing for quite a while.
0: Yeah, no, I I got to I caught some of it and I like how he describes himself as an athlete and I I think that he fits in this scheme so well. You know, he's yep. like I'm a wide receiver, I'm a running back, I just like the ball in my hands. And watching some highlights of him, he's just a really dynamic guy with the ball in his hands in space. And I I think that he's it's just interesting like the the more forward-thinking younger coaches are sort of turning their eyes to just really athletic players and figuring out what to do with them this sort of gadget category if you will that that we talked about with Dusty and and it's cool to have a coach like that who has that vision
1: Yeah. And uh, no disrespect to somebody like Mike McCarthy, but, you know, towards the the end of his tenure in Green Bay, that was always one of the criticisms was that, like, even if you got him the pieces, he wouldn't necessarily know how to utilize them effectively. And I think what we're seeing from Matt LaFleur is not as much a reliance on his scheme, but fitting his scheme to the personnel that he has, which has, I think, made all the difference for this Packers offense. Yeah. So then... Eagles X-Factor, there's quite a few of them. I think the entire team is kind of an X-Factor, how well they perform. But is there anybody specifically that you're keeping an eye on?
0: Yeah, I I think, you know, this week, the Eagles activated Zach Ertz off of IR. Uh, And so he's always been... Look, he's been one of the best tight ends in the league for quite some time. Before he got hurt, he obviously was not having his typical year. I think that goes for pretty much everyone in this Eagles offense. But he is consistently... Wentz's favorite target and having him back does give Wentz that sort of security blanket that we talk about with other quarterbacks. Like that's, that's Ertz to, to Wentz Uh, and, and having him back um, should give them just another like weapon to, to throw to. Uh, And, you know, the Packers that aren't, We don't have the speedy inside linebackers (laughs) like other teams to bring down dynamic tight ends in the middle of the field. That has this is not news. Uh, So, you know, like I said, Ertz is not having a crazy, amazing season. By no means is he having a career season. He is coming off of an injury, but he's still, you know, he's still someone you need to watch for and plan for when he's on the field.
1: Yeah, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Richard Rodgers, but he's not my X Factor uh, because I don't think he'll be on the field too often unless Zaggerts can't play. Obviously, we saw him step in in moments. He uh, contributed to my losing in our fantasy matchup this week. Uh, He got me 12 (laughs) points so that I didn't lose as badly as I initially was going to, um, thanks to his Hail Mary at the end of the game. Uh, That tipped one handed grab was pretty sweet. But no, now he's back to being tight end three on the depth chart. Uh, Probably the player I'm most curious to see is Travis Fulgham. And this isn't, you know, I think the Packers should have kept him, whatever. I know he was with them for like, you know, a lunch and a dinner in Green Bay, and then he departed for Philadelphia. But (laughs) he does lead their team now in yardage which I think is kind of a testament to how banged up this offense has been where there's been so many different pieces especially because Richard Rodgers was second on the team in yards and if anybody uh was familiar with Richard Rodgers in Green Bay you know he wasn't exactly a yak monster yards after the catch so the fact that those are their two players leading the charge on offense I think is kind of telling for the state of this uh this Eagles offense but that said he's still a really talented receiver and we've seen Carson Wentz kind of look to him in key moments so I know he's got Alshon Jeffrey he's got uh, Jalen Rager coming back and you know like you said Zach Ertz but I'm curious to see kind of how he fits in that receiving core yeah
0: yeah Packers fans are loving uh, chiding the front office for letting Travis Fulgham go but like let's be honest here (laughs) let's be honest here I think it says more like you said about how banged up the Eagles are than it does about the Packers missing on an undrafted free agent wide receiver
1: Yeah. And I mean, sometimes they are Alan Lazard. Maybe Travis Fulga is going to be an Alan Lazard for the Eagles, but. And I'm very happy for him if he found his home. It just obviously wasn't in Green Bay. Yeah, exactly. So then let's wrap this up with key matchups. Is there, I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit already, but if there's one specific element that you're going to be keeping the biggest eye on going into Sunday, kind of what is that matchup for you? Um, this is more of a broader
0: one, but I and and we have touched on a little bit. But I'm looking at uh, Matt Lafleur versus Jim Schwartz. I just think like a really creative play caller against a pretty established defensive coordinator is always a really nice, um, obviously a really good matchup. Uh, Matt Lafleur has been on fire the last couple of weeks with his play calling, even despite the losses, right? Like he, he's been great and he's really getting hitting a stride with Rodgers. Um, but the defense, the Eagles defense is allowing 25.2 points per game. The Packers are averaging over 31 points per game. I think it's a pretty favorable matchup for the Packers offense versus this defense. Like we mentioned with, with Fletcher Cox being out, of course tips, the scales even more, um, DK lit up their defense last weekend. I think Devontae uh, will as well. Um, so I think it's going to be fun to watch Matt Lafleur, like I said, go up against just like a pretty established, respected, longtime defensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, I um, I'll flip it. I'm going to take the Packers defense and how it matches up against the Eagles offense. The Eagles offense, obviously, like you said, not good. Carson Wentz has a lot of struggles. He's working through most sacked quarterback thrown the most interceptions. He has 16 touchdowns and 15 interceptions um, second in the league and fumbles with 10. Like we said, the Packers defense is starting to force turnovers. Uh, they're starting to come now in bunches after not forcing too many in the beginning of the season. So I think they're definitely going to get their opportunities. Um, probably the biggest cause for concern to me, you touched on it already. Christian Kirksey had his worst game as a Packer uh, last week against the Bears. And he took some really bad angles. And when you have Boston Scott, who is so explosive and so quick, Miles Sanders also really quick. You can't do that. (laughs) And you can, and you can't keep the Eagles in the game. Uh, the, it was never in jeopardy sunday night we didn't think the bears were going to mount some miraculous comeback but you you hear from guys like adrian amos and kenny clark that you still don't want to give up points when the game has been put away so i think kind of that's what i'm looking for on sunday if this game gets out of out of hand early can mike patton do enough to keep this this defense you know outside of prevent mode and actually looking to still establish a little bit of dominance because we have kind of not that you know I know people talk about how upset they were with the giving up points and I I didn't necessarily fall into that camp didn't really bother me a ton that there were garbage time points but it would be nice to see him keep his foot on the gas because we saw the offense do that on Sunday you know they weren't afraid to go put up a 40 burger so the defense shouldn't be afraid to go
0: yeah I completely agree shut him out why why not
1: yeah establish yourselves well especially because if you let the eagles hang around there are better teams that if you let them hang around in the playoffs you're gonna lose that game
0: well colts. we saw it with the colts yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly exactly like it all gas no brakes should be applicable to the offense and the defense both
1: yes absolutely so then perry what is your final score prediction for this game
0: i've had a lot of trouble with this one because it's it's I don't know if it's just historically it's it's hard for me to count the Eagles out like this is a very different team than we've ever played. And you have to look at it year to year and you have to look at their record and you have to look at the way that they've played. But there's just something about Doug Peterson and some of their players that it's it's hard for me to think that this is going to be like the Bears last weekend. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't think and this and the Packers shouldn't lose this game uh so i think that we have a healthy sort of win over them uh more than one score i i'm sorry that i don't have more faith in their defense but i think there will be some garbage time points here so i'm looking at like 30 17 so not anything you know marginally close or worrisome but definitely like the eagles are going to score against us
1: yeah, I said that on Pack a Day too. Ideally, in my brain, it would be 35 17, but I could see the final score ending up like 35 24 because of garbage time. And so I originally had 35 17,
0: <laughs> but then I was like, that's really, that's a large margin. So I brought it down. Maybe I should have brought the, kept the Packers at 35 and brought the Eagles up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think.
1: 24. Or 35, 20, you know, I think they'll, they'll get a couple opportunities. Uh, But it's kind of weird The Eagles have put up 17 points, three straight weeks now in all three of their losses. So it's just, they're just not a good football team. And it wasn't like when we talked about the bears game and said, Hey, they might be better than their record. They've had some really close losses to some really good teams. The Eagles haven't lost to really good teams and they haven't beaten really good teams. And they have a very likely shot at going 0-5 to kind of close out the season. Like, their schedule is pretty tough. If you think about who they're playing, they have a couple division games left, which are always tough, especially now that they're all contending for the same playoff spot. They have the Cardinals, they have the Saints, and they have the Packers. So this is an opportunity for Green Bay to kind of put their division away. So they have to really take care of business on Sunday, especially because it's at Lambeau field and there's going to be 500 fans again. So they have to put on a show for those people. I'm so glad that they're doing that again, because we saw
0: the energy that the Packers brought, even with just like the few fans and the signs and the roll out the barrel
1: and everything. And I think it really has made a difference. Yeah. And I mean, if this continues to work, knock on some wood Wisconsin's numbers are going down and you know, I don't know what they're going to look like after Thanksgiving, but there is a real opportunity here to get some fans in the stands later in the season or for a playoff, uh, potential hosting of games. I know it's, it's pretty crazy. So that's so exciting. I know. If we
0: could just get fans in for the playoffs, like I think that would mean more than any regular season game.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah keep, keep green Bay kind of locked down with the 500 or so people until the playoffs. And then when the Packers are the number one seed and have a couple games at home, just let in like the 15 K and let them go wild. But that's our it. pipe dream. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Any final thoughts on the Packers Eagles before we, uh, we kick it to our social medias. No, not really.
0: Just uh, looking forward to another later in the day game because that means I'm going to get to watch it and uh, hope the Packers should quite comfortably put this
1: one away and move to nine and three. It's funny that you say that. I didn't realize as an out-of-market fan that you typically root for those national broadcasts because I know people in Wisconsin hate the 325 kickoff. They want a noon game get it out of the way and then you know go on with the rest of your day so i understand now that that 325 national prime times means a lot for people that aren't in wisconsin yes well now that i have redstone it doesn't matter but (laughs) redstone doesn't help me watch the whole game so all right perry if everybody listening wants to find all of your work on social media how can they do that just follow me on
0: twitter at perry underscore Goldstein. you can find all of my work there it's in my bio
1: and uh, i'll kick it over to you maggie Uh, Jacob and Jimmy accused me of hitting a little uh, recording button because I say apparently the exact same thing every week um, and it sounds like I've rehearsed it so I'm just gonna say the same thing follow me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney all of my work is there Uh, make sure you follow the Pax What She Said podcast Twitter at PWSS podcast we are selling merch it is the best Christmas present you could possibly buy someone or Hanukkah present um, so we highly recommend checking out the link to our Teespring, which is in that Twitter bio. Thank you, as always, for listening to Pack's What She Said. Go Pack-o. go Go Pack. Go.